At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs make a difference. Like our Italian sub, piled high with Genoa salami, pepperoni, and Virginia honey ham. Or our Firehouse Meatball Sub with zesty marinara, both with melted provolone and Italian seasoning. Your choice, just $6.99 each for a medium and only for a limited time at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your order. At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at Kroger.com boost. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to uh, send us an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com, on all social media sites, TV, And to find out about the programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. And we're coming to you tonight around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. My guest this hour is Michael Gabriel. He is a graduate of Loyola University in Maryland. He received first place honors at the Hollywood Film Festival for fiction writing and has been a professional writer for more than 25 years. He has worked in the media, marketing, and advertising, and currently writes to promote Jesuit education, Mission and Social Justice. He's also the author of a new book entitled In the Flesh, My Story. Michael Gabriel, welcome to the Exxon. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Tell me about your book, my friend. Well, it is a, uh, it is a very unique and creative treatment on the, uh, the life of Jesus Christ, um, taken as an, in a novel form, uh, not only as a novel, but a first-person novel. So the entire book relives everything Jesus did, everything he went through, but through his eyes, through his mindset, um, and through his first person telling of the entire story. All right. Now, um, did you use the Bible to get the storyline and to get the his perception, or was there another technique that was used? 
No, I did use the the, the gospels, the scriptures, mm-hmm. to uh, you know, as an outline. Yes. Uh, most, but not all, of the scenes in the book, you can probably go right into the gospels and find them, um, you know, as they're listed in scripture. Mm-hmm. But within this novel, they are um, really fleshed out in a more um, novelistic. Uh, genre type way so that you can really, instead of the little snippet stories that you get in the Bible, you really get a more detailed, creative, um, raw, graphic um, idea of what it was like um, to be this man, to be the be this savior on earth, um, and what it was like to uh, experience all that he experienced and do all that he did. All right, so how does the biblical Bible, Jesus, differ from the, the Jesus that, that you have in your book? Well, the Jesus in the Bible and the Jesus in this book are the same Jesus. They are, um, you know, God come down, uh, the Word made flesh, mm-hmm. um, God sending his son into, you know, first century Palestine, um, to teach the people of the day as well as us today how to live, how to love our neighbor, um, and to fulfill the law uh, of, of the time, and also to uh, ultimately be sacrificed and die for our sins. Uh, the difference between reading those stories in Scripture mm-hmm. and reading this book is in Scripture you basically get the um, the— the journalistic accounts of what happened. Right. Jesus said this, Jesus went here, the establishment said this, um, this is what happened. Um, whereas in the book, you really get a sense of what that meant, how that felt, what that, how that angered and frustrated um, this fully human but fully divine person that was here to uh, basically save the world. And, um, you know, in Scripture, you might read the simple passage that says, and then the Romans took him out and crucified him. Mm -hmm. Whereas in this book, you really, through the mindset and the eyes of Jesus, understand what every grueling step of that actually meant. But this is based on your perception of what this means. Uh, It's based on my perception as... um, someone who took a leap of faith, but also, you know, I'm human, mm-hmm. you're human, yeah. Jesus was human. So from a human standpoint, he was thinking, feeling, and um, well, going through everything we would have felt as well. But he knew that his father was God. That's totally different from you or I. Correct. But from, right, I'm, I'm, let me address the human aspect All first. Right. Sure. From the human aspect— what he would have felt physically and mentally, the, the, you know, the physical, the, the frustration, the anger, the fear, those feelings he had are the same feelings that we have. So it's easy to put ourselves in that situation and know how he felt. You're right. From the divine standpoint, he knew that he was the son of God and he knew that he was here for a purpose to fulfill his father's will. Um, to teach us how to live, to be sacrificed on the cross, and ultimately to to rise from the dead. Um, 
And you're right, the book also addresses, you know, his relationship with God the Father and how in private he sought um, his father's counsel and sought, you know, wisdom, strength, and uh, courage to fulfill the mission that he was set out to fulfill. What inspired you to write the story about Jesus? Well, it's, you know, everybody calls it the greatest story that's ever told, and it has certainly been told ad nauseum Mm -hmm. in many different ways. Um, As a novelist myself, um, I had never written a first-person novel before, but always enjoy reading uh, novels in the first person simply because at the end of the book, Uh, You always feel a little bit closer to the hero of the story when it's been written in the first person instead of jumping around the heads of everybody and all the characters. Um, So I thought, why not take the greatest story that's ever been told and actually attempt to tell that in the first person? Um, Again, a lot of it is, like you said, speculative on on what he thought and felt and imagined as he went through all this. But it, it allows you to experience what many people might think are, you know, the, the Bible stories we all take for granted and really experience them in a way no one has ever really experienced them before, um, through the eyes of the hero. Does that, uh, does that need to be told? And if so, why? Well, I think it, it like I said, I think it is a, it, it's a unique treat, a unique treatment on, accounts in history and accounts in the Bible Mm -hmm. that are often taken for granted these days. Um, I think a lot of um, Christians, you know, they already know these stories. They've read them or heard them a thousand times. Um, And this is a unique way for them to experience them in, in ways they have never thought of before. And it's also a way to get people who have never even contemplated the life of Jesus Christ to say, you know what, this sounds like a very uh, unique way to experience, if nothing else, uh, the life of the most influential human that ever walked the earth. Um, And I hope that it's a way to get people that just want to read a fast-paced action novel through the eyes of a fantastic hero um, and and see what they think about it. All right. Now, you yourself said that it's, you know, the greatest story that has, has ever been told. It's already the number one best-selling book around the world. Right. Why is there a need to reinvent the wheel? Well, like, <laughs> the wheel's been spun so many times. And um, it's, uh, you know, to, to relive stories that have been told so many times mm-hmm. through the eyes of the, uh, the main character, the hero, to to try to get into the, to, to his thought processes. Um, I mean, we all have heard the, uh, the ubiquitous uh, term, you know, what would Jesus do? And that's what this is. This is um, a way of looking at this life as what, what would he have thought? What would he have done? Um, and, you know, walking in his sandals instead of just trying to have, to read it as a, you know, a, a, a third person is, is quite an experience. And um, when this book is read, people who read it will really feel like Jesus is actually just sitting down as a friend next to them and saying, hey, this is everything that I did. This is what I went through. 
a lot of the stuff I went through, you go through as well. And I felt the same way. I was scared. I was unsure. I was confused. I was happy. I felt joy. I was excited about certain things. I had friends. They ticked me off. Um, I felt I was going nowhere at times. Um, and how he relied on God and his father to get him through those tough times. And ultimately, he, um, you know, loved us so much that he did the unthinkable. And uh, he allowed um, evil to overpower him when he didn't have to. All right, stand by. We've got to take our break. Exonation. We'll be back on the other side as we continue speaking with our guest this hour, Michael Gabriel, here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell. His website is www.intheflashbooks. I'm sorry, intheflashbook.com. We'll be back. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV. Plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand worldwide and more does this sound like tomorrow's television well it is but you can have it today right now it is simul tv simul tv offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like x-zone sci-fi and horror we are worldwide no other provider offers that 500 built-in video games no need to have an extra expensive system we have them included free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. 
Michael Gabriel is our guest this hour, Exonation. He is the author of In the Flesh, My Story. His website is inthefleshbook.com. Why do you think this book is important at this time of, of our sociological development? Well, I think it, um, you know, Jesus had so many um, unorthodox ways of teaching the people of his time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, those teachings have lasted 2,000 years. And, you know, we can learn so much from the way he lived his life, um, the teachings uh, that he left us. And, you know, so many people have gotten away from, you know, what what those teachings and those parables and and all that really mean. And I think a lot of people don't really want to dive into scripture and try to decipher all that. And, um, you know, a lot of people just want, you know, a creative, interesting, entertaining read. And this is a way to kind of allow people to walk the journey that uh, Jesus walked, but you know, through his mindset and really get into those teachings and get into that way of life mm-hmm. and get, you know, viscerally understand all that he did, you know, through his own psyche. And when somebody reads it and experiences it from that point of view, I think so much of the turmoil in, uh, you know, in today's world maybe starts to make a little bit more sense, um, you know, when we contemplate that life from 2,000 years ago um, through the mindset of, um, of Jesus himself. What are your credentials uh, when it comes to the life of Christ in order to give readers his perceptive? Well... I mean, yes, I am a Christian, but mm-hmm. a lot of research went into this book first. I mean, I, um, you know, looked a lot at, um, you know, the the historical um, parts of, of, of the world of that day, what it was like mm-hmm. um, to be um, in Jewish, you know, a, a Jewish person in Roman occupied territory at the time. Um, what they were all going through, what life was like back then, um, you know, people who lived in Galilee and Capernaum and Nazareth, what it meant to make the trip down to Jerusalem and Judea, um, and how dangerous dangerous it was, um, you know, what the fishermen and the lifestyles of that day were, um, what the political um, views and 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 um, problems were of the time, um, the brutality of the Roman Empire, um, and then put all that into um, perspective uh, for this most amazing life. And um, I think people will enjoy the fact that, you know, it is historically based as well as, um, you know, really just following the the scriptures and the gospel passages, but putting it into the um, the historical times that the that the Bible really doesn't touch on a whole lot and what all that meant mm-hmm. and um, you know that's 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 the fun part of researching a book like this. But what about the religious philosophies who do not adhere to the Jesus Christ uh, person? Um, you mean today or back then? Today. 
Well, I would I would challenge them. I would challenge them to uh, to read the book, um, and even if they want to approach the book from a you know completely historical standpoint, um, I think that they will find that um, you know Jesus back then, um, you know what he said and his responses to the people of that time, to the establishment that was rising against mm -hmm. him. Um, he had all the answers. And um, I would just, you know, challenge people who question who he was and question um, all that, um, you know, to read the book and, um, you know, let the, let the chips fall where they may. But there are many religions in the world that are older than Christianity. And they don't, they don't have Jesus. And if Jesus was such a significant character in the development of the world, then he would be in all the major religions, wouldn't he? Well, and all the major religions, you know, they they have their prophets and their, um, you know, their mm -hmm. their leaders. And I'm sure there would be, you know, other writers who might take their perspective. Right, but um, their other prophets don't claim to be the son of the God, no, as Jesus no. did. Right. Um, and that's why this is, I mean, no one, I, I think there are a few people out there that can um, dispute the fact that of all the religions of the world, um, Jesus has had the most impact um, on Christianity and on a lot, of, a lot of the other religions as well. And, you know, that's why I think this is such an interesting um Dive, and a lot of people thought it was a little bit bold and maybe a little bit arrogant to try to get into the head of um, of the most um, influential figure in human history. Um, Couldn't we? Wouldn't you say that he was one of the most influential figures in history? Sure. Okay. Yeah, and you know there will be people that might dispute that there are you know other people that had as much of an impact on the world as mm -hmm. as Jesus Christ did, but um, I think. For those who believe that Jesus's true mission was to come down here and save the world from itself, there is no greater mission than that. Um, and that's what I believe. And those who already believe that, I think, will will um, take away a very unique aspect of that from reading this book. And those who don't believe that might start at least considering some things once they get into the mindset of, um, of, of this God man and, um, you know, how maybe the crucifixion and the resurrection is not so, um, so far fetched and, and, um, and what it all meant. I was just going to ask you, has there ever been any unequivocal proof, any unequivocal evidence that Jesus Christ actually existed? I mean, besides what's written in the Bible. Well, I believe that there are accounts um, that there was a historical person named Jesus who was mm -hmm. crucified under Pontius Pilate. Um, from a historical standpoint, um, that may be a lot of, of, of all we have, other than all the, the stories handed down. Um, but it seems highly unlikely that somebody of that day an ex-carpenter who took on the establishment, was crushed by Rome, crucified. And when Rome crucified somebody, their sole intention when they crucified somebody was to make sure that if this person had any followers, 
that would be the end of it. That's why they made it so brutal, was so that everybody would see that and say, uh, that's the end of that. We're going our separate ways now. Um, and for a few days after he was crucified, that's exactly what happened. All of his followers scattered. They all locked themselves in dark rooms and were afraid to even show their faces. And if he hadn't risen from the dead, that's how it would have stayed. Um, but once again, have... but once again, aren't we aren't we putting a lot of supposition into the into the mix because we don't know for a fact whether or not he did rise from the dead. In fact, we don't even know for a fact if he was really crucified, and we don't even know for a fact if, in fact, he was a he was a real person besides a carpenter. Right, and a lot of that isn't just supposition; it is faith. I mean, you, you you're right. If it, there is no hardcore proof mm -hmm. that he rose from the dead, and that's the way he wanted it. I mean, sign, you know, for somebody to perform a sign and a wonder right in front of your face with full proof uh, requires no um, nothing on the part of the person who's experiencing it. Um, it's almost like you're forced to believe because it's right there in front of your face. And, you know, what Jesus did and what he went through, and um, he didn't show himself to everybody after he rose. Mm -hmm. um, and it does take, uh, you know, a leap of faith and, and, and um, an expression of your heart to what you feel is the truth. And that's what I hope a lot of this, the book does, is those who are skeptical to it, um, by the end of the book, hopefully, will think, well, you know what, suppose he did have something, and suppose this is true. Um, I'm missing a huge chunk of um, everlasting joy um, by, by just simply denying it. How do you figure that? Um, well, if, if, you know, if, if, if he did rise from the dead and mm -hmm. he is the son of God and we choose not to, um, not to believe that, then that's, that's our loss. But he gave us enough while he was down here, um, that, that it's enough for us to, to, to believe. All right, stand by. I've got to take my news break at the bottom of the hour. Exxon Nation, our guest this hour is Michael Gabriel, and his website is inthefleshbook.com. That's www.inthefleshbook.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, Exxon Nation, on April the 1st, the new edition of the X Chronicles newspaper is out. And we have a fascinating story on the life and death of Dr. Stephen Hawking on the front page and our lead story, once again done by my good friend and the host of Cal's Corner, Cal Korf. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. And um, we'll be back on the other side as we continue right here in the Exxon. Don't go away.
The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State certified occupational school training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. www.intheflushbook.com is the website of our guest this hour, Michael Gabriel. He's the author of In the Flesh, My Story. Um, when I was reading your bio, I came across uh, that you currently write to promote Jesuit education, mission, and social justice. Why did you uh, decide to pick up and promote Je- Jesuit education, mission, and social justice? Well, I'm a graduate of Loyola University, Maryland, which is a uh, Jesuit university, and yeah. um, I, uh, I got a lot out of, of going there, and I was very familiar with Jesuit education and the good, um, the good uh, missions they do all over the world with, um, you know, with the poor and with the, uh, the marginalized, and um, they were looking for somebody to help uh, write for them and to do some communications work on the East Coast here, and... Um, you know, I really enjoy um, 
you know, promoting all the good stuff that not just the Jesuit universities do, but the high schools and the uh, volunteer groups. And, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of the, the mission work they do around the world, um, you know, helping the unfortunate. Okay, super. They do do great work. How, how closely does uh, In the Flesh My Story stick to the Gospels? Um, they, it sticks very close to the Gospels. I mean, even the Gospels themselves contradict each other with chronology and some of how the stories flesh out and whatnot. Yeah. So I really had to, you know, do a deep dive into them myself and, um, um, you know, figure out uh, the timeline of how things should work for the book. But like I said, most of the scenes in this book, you could then probably go back into the Gospels and actually find all those scenes, albeit a lot shorter and, and briefer and not, you know, um, creatively written. But um, there are a few scenes I add into the book just to help um, embellish on backstory and cultural things of the day and, uh, you know, some conversations with Jesus and Judas that kind of set up. Um, how and why Judas starts to trust Jesus less and try to move him onto his own agenda um, as a Messiah to actually overthrow Rome. Um, and when that doesn't start playing out, Judas tries to um, kind of speed that along and, um, you know, by, by handing him over to the Sanhedrin, hoping that Jesus would... Uh, change the hearts of the Sanhedrin and then, um, you know, march on Rome. And uh, obviously that didn't happen. So, and I have some backstory and, and flashbacks. I do not start, you know, at, at you know, at, at the start of Jesus's life. It's really starting when he's uh, leaving his, his carpentry work behind and going to start his mission uh, for God. But he does have um, some flashbacks that um, talk about when he was um, a child and learning from the rabbis and, um, and, and really just it's 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 a very raw um, journey uh, experiencing the gospel stories, whether you believe them or not. Mm -hmm. It's just a very, you know, detailed, thought provoking way to look at that life, uh, you know, through the eyes of the hero. Through your eyes, through my eyes. Yeah. But, you know, again, I think we that's what's what's fun. People who have read the book already have said, you know, not only did I enjoy it, but it was mm -hmm. very difficult to get through the last third of the book because it was so real. And, you know, it, it, it sent shivers up my spine because I, as a human, now realize what he went through. And he didn't stop. He kept allowing that to happen. And... You know, like you said, whether you believe that Jesus was the true son of God or mm -hmm. not, um, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, quite a, it's quite a raw journey to try to speculatively contemplate what it was like to be him. And, you know, since he was a historical figure who was human, um, we can certainly place ourselves in his sandals as a human. But I also... Um, try to um, convey what it must have been like to be the son of God and have that kind of a love that would, um, you know, allow him to humble himself to take on flesh and ultimately offer himself up for all of mankind. Why would God allow his own son to be killed? 
Um, you see, and I'm asking you this for a reason. I'm a father. Uh-huh. I'm a grandfather. I would never harm the head on any of my children. I will go out of my way to protect others that are not even related to me. And right. yet, here you've got this deity called God, who throughout the first uh, part of the Bible has destroyed hundreds and thousands of people that he claims to be his children. And then the, the, ultimate, the ultimate proof, in my opinion, of not being a good parent at all is when he allowed Jesus to be, to be crucified. What, what father does that? Well, it's very difficult to put your arms around what the Trinity is, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But they are all one in the same. So when we say that Jesus was the Son of God, mm-hmm. he was God. So it wasn't just a father allowing his son to be crucified. It was God allowing himself to be crucified. And as a father yourself, Rob, you know that you would endure any kind of pain and suffering mm-hmm. to, save, to save your child from death. Definitely. And, and, and that is why even in the beginning of the book, Jesus thinks to himself, um, even human beings are strong enough to endure to endure peril, pain, and death to save their children. And that's why I am here as well, for my children's salvation. So God loved mankind so much that, like you said, even, they, even though mankind deserved to be destroyed over and over and over again. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't, I didn't say that mankind deserved that at all. I disagree with that. I, I think as a father... If, you know, God should be tried for, uh, for parental abuse, <laughs> not to mention crimes against humanity, and not well, to mention murder. Well, we can't even begin to understand how God works, but mankind, as you know, back then and still continues to this day, had mm-hmm. fallen so far short of what, um, of what perfect loving people should be. Um, that they didn't deserve eternal paradise in any way, shape, or form. But once, well, once again, no disrespect. Mm-hmm. This is all hypothetical. It's, it's a great story, and I'll give you that. It's a great story, but when it comes down to, his, to historical proof, it, it falls very short of, of any semblance of fact that we know today. Like, we know that the Earth wasn't created in seven days, I believe in the Big Bang Theory. I don't believe in the Garden of Eden. I believe in the evolution of man. It makes a lot more sense, and there's a timeline that can be followed. Rob, the first four, first four books of the Bible were written by Moses, not God, by Moses. So there's Rob, a lot of, you know, and God said, and let us create man in our image, in our likeness, plural. Then Jesus on the cross says, Father, why have you forsaken me? So if Jesus is God, why would he call out to the heavens for his Father? Two, way too many inconsistencies. Well, you should actually listen. Brother Guy Consolmago is a Jesuit brother who is, um, a, uh, you know, in charge of the Vatican Observatory. Mm-hmm. And he talks a lot about how science and uh, religion really do not um, go against each other but complement each other. I mean, I believe in the Big Bang Theory as well. 
Right. Uh, you know, God said, let there be light. That doesn't mean he flipped on a light switch. That means he set the universe in motion um, through the Big Bang, whatever that means. And did it take eight days as in eight 24 hour periods? Of course not. Um, but if you take the Bible literally word for word, you're right. You're not going to get past chap. You're not going to get past page two of Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and a lot of it takes faith and understanding what symbolism is and um, understanding that there are parts of Jesus's life that are very historical and there are parts of Jesus's life that are totally and unequivocally up to faith. And it takes an open mind when you read about the historical Jesus um, that above and beyond that, you really have to, um, you know, just try to Mm -hmm. pray and contemplate and ask God uh, to, um, you know, reveal his truth to you. And um, if nothing else, I think we can all agree that the way Jesus is presented in Scripture and the way I have fleshed it out in this story, no pun intended, um, Jesus lived the way we all really should live. Um, And if you don't believe he was the Son of God um, and you just believe he was somebody who lived that life and, you know, the establishment rose up against him and Rome came down on him and he was crushed and for whatever reason his following took off and now has billions and billions of people following him. That's a great story. No disrespect, but you can say the same thing about Amway, for goodness sake. Two guys came up with a great idea and a way to market it. Millions of people today are selling Amway. They'll make a great book. It's called marketing. It's called marketing. Marketing and marketing. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, Exxon Nation, you can always go online to www.xzbn.net and find out what other great programming we have available for you 24-7-365. And as always, with our compliments on the Exxon Broadcast Network. We'll be back. Don't go away. heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. 
The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Michael, was there any part when you were writing your book that just kind of floored you when you did your research? Um, yeah, I mean, the whole culture of the time and um, the oppression that um, that the Jewish people were under in um, in first century Palestine um, under Roman occupation um, that was very interesting. Um, and also, when I did um, some research on the um, there are still some a lot of archaeological digs going on in and around Jerusalem, and you know I recently read that they have uh, they think they have found the actual walls of um, Herod's palace back then, um, and they they really think they're narrowing down um, you know where his palace was in relation to the Praetorium where Jesus was tried um, under Pontius Pilate. So that you know that floored me and really you know became very interesting to me as I, as I wove, you know, what I was learning about what they're learning over there now into, uh, the narrative. Um, and, and really just, you know, researching what a Roman crucifixion was like, uh, what it entailed, and then, um, you know, putting that into real raw human terms and, Mm -hmm. and, 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 and walking somebody through what that would have been like, um, was um it was gut-wrenching at time but um it um it's very eye-opening why is it that if jesus is such a significant 
historical figure, that the Jewish faith believe in God, but not Jesus. Well, I tell you, I think some of the strongest Christians are Jewish converts, um, because they know all the Hebrew texts Mm -hmm. that Jesus fulfilled. Um, And you ask any Jewish person who's converted to Christianity, Christianity, they'll give you a better account of why um, why having a faith in Jesus is, is, uh, so easy and seamless because they, they already know it all. Um, but, um, but you know, there are people that just like back then that, that, that accepted him and people that don't, um, and, um, you know, regardless of, like I said, you know, even the Jews today understand that Jesus was a historical figure. And most Jews today, if not all of them, think he was, you know, lived an amazing life. But they don't uh, accept him as the son of God. No, they do not accept him as a son of God, neither do any of the other faiths. But when you look at the big picture, they believe in, uh, they believe in the, what, the seven first books of the Torah are the, are the Old Testament, right? Mm-hmm. They believe in those. Yet when it comes to the New Testament and the apostles, the Gospels, that's where their faith dies out. And when I look at it as a observer, I say, hey, wait a minute. Up until a certain point, you've got everybody on the same page. And yet when this character by the name of Jesus comes around, this is when the members of the oldest, one of the oldest religions in the world part waves. Why? Well... There's always been great division, and there always will be great division. Now, back then, there was no Christianity. Mm -hmm. Christianity started with 12 guys around a table that grew to 24 people, that grew to the first small churches in Syria and Crete, and where Paul uh, converted and started really taking that message out. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of people that jumped on board, and there were a lot of people that didn't. But over 2,000 years, you know, instead of dying out and people just going, oh, you know, that's not, that's not going to last. It's, you know, blossomed into the, one of the biggest religions of all time. And, um, you know, even, even people who are not Christian um, still, there's not a, if you say who was Jesus Christ, everybody's going to have an opinion. No one's going to go, Who? Do we still need a religion in the 21st century? Um, religion? I don't, I don't really like the word religion. Do we need faith in God? Absolutely. Why? Um, um, it's, you know, without a faith in God, without faith that there's something after all this, that's an abysmal way to go through life. Why? Um, that's the re- that, in my opinion, is a realistic way of going it. After all, you've got this deity that we're told is real. Uh, and yet we have people who are sleeping on streets. We have people yep. who are hungry. We have pollution. We are on the brink of nuclear war. We have all this corruption. It seems as if he doesn't give a damn. You know, he, where is little playground if, in fact, he does exist? Well, <laughs> this definitely is not heaven. And, you know, that, that person sleeping on the street, that person uh, who is, you know, living in a part of the country that is war-torn, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it would be terrible for, for them to think, you know, this is the best it's going to get. Um, and this is 
a very short time for us. And a lot of us are dealt raw deals while we are down here. Why that is, I can't begin to explain that. Um, but I think, and that's what this book addresses too, is, you know, as you look through the life of Jesus through his eyes, um, you know, he really lived the way we all need to live, even though, um, we all have crosses put on our shoulders every single sure. day. And, um, you know, how do we get through, you know, the, the hardest tragedies of our life and no one escapes from this life without experiencing tragedy it's in some way, shape or form? Um, that's where Jesus is hope. He did it. Okay, but let me ask you this. How, how have you been able to successfully do your book without putting your own biases and your own beliefs in it? Well, my beliefs are in it. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, um, I mean, it's definitely written, it's pulled from scripture, um, but it's m much more fleshed out and creatively done than what you're going to find in the gospels, but yes, it does but stick to the gospels. I, I guess my question is, you have your own interpretation about the life of Jesus. And I, you know, I, I'm sure I bet my bottom dollar that within the pages of your book is your own interpretation. But my question is, what gives you that authority? What gives you that right to speak for Jesus? Well, it is my interpretation on some of the things he thought, some mm -hmm. of the things he said, some of the things that other people said around him, because you're not going to find that in Scripture. Right. It is not my interpretation of who Jesus was, the things that he did, what the outcome was, and, and the reason why. Right. Yeah. That is in the book, but it's not my interpretation that's the interpretation of what Jesus and everybody after him has handed down. I've just taken it and put it into a very, I've put it into an, in, into an adventure rather than just reading it through pages of the Bible. What do you think, I, what do you think Jesus would say if he read your book? I think he would say, uh, very cool. I think he would say, that's very cool. You got a lot right, some stuff you didn't get to right, but... You got the main points right, and that's very cool. How do you know? I don't know. So how do you know he'd give you a glowing recommendation review like well, you just you, gave yourself? Well, you said, what do you think he yeah. would say? I don't know what he would say. Okay. Um, so let me see. Uh, where's your book available? Uh, it's available um, on Amazon. Mm -hmm. uh, you can uh, link to the Amazon page at uh, inthefleshbook.com. Um, and, um, it's, you know, I'm sure you can buy it through barnesandnoble.com um, and some of those other places. Um, there's a Facebook page for the book. Uh, if you go to facebook.com backslash in the flesh book, um, and, uh, it's, you know, like I said, it's an adventure novel and, uh, it's an adventure novel in the first person. So you are going to get deep into the weeds of the mindset and, um, you know, it's uh, it's it's fun. If nothing else, it's fun. It's fun to contemplate walking in those sandals. But isn't that what people do when they read the Bible? Is they make these contemplation? You know, they they put their own interpretation in it, and they get take what the Bible, what they get in their heart, based on what they read, how they perceive it. And isn't that what the Bible? is is for is to give you the message the way that you read it not as someone else portrays it sure and like i said there may be 
parts of my novel where mm -hmm. people say, you know what, I think Jesus would have thought something different. Mm -hmm. And that's fine, and that's great. Um, when you read the stories about Jesus in the Bible, you're reading it as if you were reading a newspaper. You're getting the who, what, when, where, and why, and that's about it. Mm -hmm. And when you read a newspaper story, you do come away with a lot of knowledge, but you don't really pick up a newspaper, you know, while you're lying in bed to really get a good, fun, creative um, read that keeps you turning pages into three o'clock in the morning. You I go, go to a novel for that. And that's all this is. It's taking the newspaper version of Jesus's life and turning into the novelization mm. of Jesus's life even more creatively through his mindset. You see, when I go to bed, I go to sleep. And when I want <laughs> to read about Jesus, I go to church on Sunday. Thanks very right. much for joining us. Uh, I wish you success and Exxon Nation. Wow, I don't know what to say except uh, each to his own. Pretty shoddy when you take the Bible, you rewrite it in order to make money. Just doesn't seem right to me. Just doesn't seem right. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon. By the way, let me know what you think. Send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. Um, I think, therefore, I am. So I'm going to take a story about Jesus, put in my, take the storyline, put in my words, and man, you're going to love the book. And it's available for sale. Not like many cases where you can actually get a copy of the Bible for free. Big difference. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com.
Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Excited for a road trip? Start it off right with auto coverage from American Family Insurance. J.D. Power ranked us number one in customer satisfaction with the auto insurance shopping experience among mid-size insurers. Get a quote at AmFam.com. American Family Insurance. For J.D. Power 2021 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.